Welcome back uh, to PVN students and our study of the book of Galatians. Today we're in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. I'll read it, then we'll just jump right in. Galatians 2, 11 through 14. But when Cephas, now that's the apostle Peter, right? When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself apart, fearing the party of the circumcision. The rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, or Cephas, in the presence of all, if you being a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how is it that you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? So that's what we've read. Let me explain what's happening, and then we'll pull apart a couple things we can learn from it, and then we'll be done. So here's what's happening. Remember, the Galatians are Gentiles, and each week we remind you guys of that, okay? So I would encourage you to go back and listen to the other sermons as well because they build off of each other. The Galatians are Gentiles. Gentile means they are not Jewish. That's what Gentile means, okay? They don't follow the Old Testament Jewish traditions, okay? According to the Old Testament, this makes them unclean. If you don't follow the Jewish traditions, you are unclean. A Jewish person can't associate with you if you don't follow the Jewish traditions, okay? So that's according to the Old Testament. But even the Old Testament pointed to a day when the Gentiles would be brought in, when they would no longer be considered unclean. One example in the Old Testament, Hosea 2.23, God says, I will also have compassion on the one whom I, I have not had compassion before. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. I will say to those who were not my people, the Jews in the Old Testament were God's people. Everyone else was not my people. The Jews were God's people. Everyone else was not God's people. But he just said, a day is coming when I will say to everyone who was not my people, every Gentile, you are now my people. You can now become one of my people. The Old Testament points to a day when those who are not God's people, Gentiles, will be brought in. That's happening now in the New Testament, in Galatia. Jesus fulfilled all the traditions and purification laws in the Old Testament. All the ceremonial laws in the Old Testament and now that those have been fulfilled, Gentiles aren't unclean anymore. You're unclean because you, didn't, you haven't done these traditional laws. Now a Gentile can say, well, Jesus has done all those laws for me. Now I can be welcomed in if I have faith in Jesus. Jesus has opened the gate for everyone who has faith to enter. That's Paul's message to the Galatian church. You don't have to be a Jew. You can have faith in God. You can be saved too now through Jesus. But the Jewish people don't like that. They cannot wrap their heads around the fact that Jesus has now made their race and status less important. If everyone can come to Jesus, then being a Jew 
is not as big of a deal anymore. A lot of Jewish people didn't like Jesus in the first place, so they don't believe this. They go to Galatia to straighten things out, to tell Galatia that that Paul was wrong, you do have to be a Jew, and now Paul's letter to Galatia is combating that. They're saying, you have to do exactly what we do to be Christians, especially getting circumcised. This is the symbol of Judaism in that time. Another big Jewish law of the time had to do with who you ate with. Mark chapter 2, 15 and 16. While Jesus was having dinner, remember Peter was eating with Gentiles, now Peter is not eating with Gentiles. Okay. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, but there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? This is kind of a weird thing to get mad at somebody for. Now, we think about, oh, eating just means he was fellowshipping with them. And that's true, but there's more to it than that if you're a Jewish person. Remember the prodigal son in Luke 15. When the son returns home, what's the main thing they do? They have a meal. What does Esther do with King Xerxes in the book of Esther to help free the Jewish people? She invites him to dinner. Adam and Eve's great sin has to do with what? Eating. Eating has massive significance in biblical and Jewish culture. Who you eat with is part of how you worship. And Peter, a Jewish man, eating with Gentiles, sends a huge message Not just that the Gentiles were welcome, but that Jewish eating laws were no longer binding. Jewish society is changing because of what Jesus has done. Hosea chapter 2 is coming true. The Gentiles are now being brought in until certain men from James come. We'll talk about that later. But these are the Judaizers. They get in Peter's face. What are you doing? You can't eat with them. You are destroying our Jewish culture. Get away from them. And now Peter stops eating with Gentiles. And in that time, you got to think about it, there was no church building with a big table for the potluck and whatever. Most of the time, churches met in homes. So it's very likely that by stop eating with them, it means that Peter quit going to Gentile houses altogether. This is a huge regression. He's backsliding. Used to be Jewish people never went into Gentiles' house. You can't go into a Gentile's house. But now that Jesus has come, he's changed that. And Peter is showing by his actions that Jesus is changing that. But now Peter's backing off. It certainly seems to send a message to the Gentiles of, you're not as welcome as I thought you were. Sorry. Not really sorry, though. But you see how this could really push Gentile Galatians away? Now they're backing off. Peter's not spending time with them anymore. There's probably some hurt feelings, um, probably some great offense taken from the Gentiles. This is sending a huge message, and it's it's splitting the church. But, But much more than that, it is showing that the gospel actually doesn't include you anymore. And Paul is writing this to fix things. But before he wrote this letter, he went to Peter, to fix things. It says in verse 11, 
But when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. So he used to eat with the Gentiles, verse 12. Then he stopped. And so now Paul is opposing him to his face. Peter was completely out of step with the gospel because of how he was treating the Gentiles. And we have so much to learn here. Uh, I have four things, I think. Number one, if you're trying to please people all the time, you will not be able to share the gospel with them. If you're trying to please people all the time, you will not be able to share the gospel with them. And this is a huge thing we have to remember, especially in the South. We're in the South. We obey the 11th commandment. The 11th commandment is be nice and ignore the other 10. That's the 11th commandment. And when you do that, you won't be able to share the gospel with people if you're too busy trying to please them all the time. The whole reason this is happening in chapter 2 is because Peter didn't want to offend the Judaizers. And since he was trying so hard to please everybody... He stopped preaching the gospel. The gospel is that everyone is welcome. That's offensive to the Jewish people, to the Judaizers. So Peter's trying to please them, and so he breaks what the message of the gospel is. Part of being a Christian is understanding that because you love Jesus, you will act a certain way. Part of being a Christian is understanding that since you love Jesus, that means you're going to act a certain way. This way of acting will offend people. This doesn't mean we go out of our way to offend people. I think a lot of church members or church church people do that. They, they want to offend people. They want to pick a fight. That's not at all what Christianity is. You won't have to pick battles. Being a Christian will naturally put you into conflict with other people. But if we are honest about our commitment to Christ, it will rub people the wrong way at times. We live in a world that does not love Jesus. Listen, not everyone who goes to church loves Jesus. Remember, these are Jewish followers of God. These aren't, these aren't the, the Roman pagans who are causing all this problem. It's church people, the Judaizers. Sometimes loving Jesus means following him in spite of what other people in church have to say. That is why it is so important to clearly understand what Scripture teaches and seek counsel from other people. Following Jesus will not result in everyone being happy with you all the time. And the sooner you get your mind around that, the happier you'll be. If you spend your life trying to please people, you'll be miserable. So that's number one. Number two, it's very possible to love Jesus a lot and be wrong. It's very possible to love Jesus a lot and be wrong. Peter cares about pleasing people. Remember the crowd when Jesus is being crucified? Hey, you know Jesus, don't you? And Peter says, I swear to you, I don't know him. I don't know who this guy is. He's, he's desperately just letting that mob mentality drive. Peter does know Jesus, but this big crowd is saying, it wants to catch him in it. And so Peter denies it, denies it, denies it. Now, years later, the Judaizers come. This new crowd comes and says, hey, you've got to be Jewish to be a Christian. And Peter bends to their will again. 
There are so many Christians who love being at church, who love their Bibles, who want their kids to love church and love their Bibles. Yet they are dead wrong on some things. We treat Christianity sometimes as this safety blanket where we automatically think we're right about every issue in the world because we're Christians. I don't think any of us are deeper Christians than the the Apostle Peter. And Peter was dead wrong here. First of all, we need to cut our fellow believers some slack because being a Christian doesn't mean that you're right on everything. But also, this shows that just because we're Christians, that doesn't give us immunity from making mistakes. With everything going on in our country right now, with racial issues, with COVID-19, what's the best practice? What do we do with COVID-19? With a presidential election coming up, now is a time for Christians to stop and consider themselves. Be aware of themselves. Am I just blindly assuming that I'm right about whatever? Just because I go to church, I automatically assume I'm right? Or have I actually done the hard work of asking Jesus, what should I do here? Sometimes that answer has a lot of depth. We need to test ourselves. You know who said that? Peter. Number three, how we treat other people is a gospel issue. How we treat other people is a gospel issue. Look at 2.14. But when I saw that they, that's Peter and, and Barnabas and those who have stopped eating with the Gentiles, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I'd said to Peter in the presence of all, Paul doesn't say, when I saw that they were being mean, And you kind of would expect him to say that. Or when I saw that they had quit eating with Gentiles. Now they were being mean. They had stopped eating with Gentiles. But Paul doesn't say that. Because Paul sees that those things are just the fruit. The root issue is a gospel issue. This is a gospel issue, not a friendship one. A bad friendship is the fruit of not understanding the gospel How we treat other people is a gospel issue. Because how we treat other people determines how receptive they will be to our gospel. Before Christians today are so quick to dismiss the treatment and oppression of African Americans in our country we should spend some serious time on this verse. Before Christians roll their eyes the next time someone talks about systemic racism in our country, we need to spend some serious time in this verse and remember that how people are treated is a gospel issue. How people are treated, you, me, or anybody, or any people group, how they are treated determines how receptive they are to the gospel. Did I just say that you have to vote a certain way? No. Did I just say that you have to endorse every single aspect of a certain movement? No. Did I just say that the Bible is clear that how people are treated 
determines how receptive they are to the gospel? Yes, 100%. How people are treated determines how receptive they will be to the gospel. When 43 million image bearers of God in our country are all talking about how they have been treated, our first reaction should not be eye-rolling or playing the blame game. That's not what Christians do. If you make fun of some kid at school and then they see you in church on Sunday, they aren't going to believe anything your church has to say. Because how you act matters, online or in person. John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Number four, God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us through other people. Too often, Christians will leave common sense at the door and they will say, I'm just waiting to hear from God on this. I'm just praying for God's guidance on this. Usually, that just means I'm waiting for someone to tell me what I want to hear. Prime example. Uh, And this goes both ways, but I'm just going to use one example. Um, Dating the wrong guy. Girls will say something like, "I I just really see myself with him. I just really think he's a good guy. And all her friends are like, Mm-mm. no, he's not. He is not a good guy. He is not what you think. Not at all. And this works the other way too. Guys will be like, I just really want to date this girl. And the guys will be like, no, man, she is, she is not who you think she is. But what do they respond with every time? Well, I don't know, man. I, I, I really just, I think I'm going to pray about it for a little bit longer. Well, I don't know. I just... I just, I really, I think I'm going to wait and see. I just really feel like the Lord's leading me here. Really? Because he's not leading anyone else where you're being led. Peter is wrong here. He's dead wrong. And what's interesting is the whole reason Peter ate with Gentiles in the first place is because God directly told him to. Acts chapter 10, God directly speaks with Peter. It's God. It's not an angel. It's not a whatever. God speaks with Peter and tells him that Gentiles are welcome into the church now. Go back and read Acts 10. This whole crazy thing happens. And then after, what's happening here in Galatians is after God himself told Peter to welcome the Gentiles. And Peter still later, right here, stops eating with them. First thing, People keep waiting for a direct message from God. That's no guarantee that you're going to obey it. Well, I'm going to wait to hear from God. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to do what it says. God showed up in a mighty way when, with Peter in Acts chapter 10. So why doesn't God speak directly to Peter here? He does speak directly to Peter through Paul. God puts people in our lives as a sign of his love to us. God puts people in our lives as a sign of his love to us. People to help shepherd us and guide us. People who are not afraid to tell us when we're being wrong. Here's how you can tell if a friendship is a special friendship that is from God 
are they willing to tell you when you're wrong? Because if all they do is tell you what you want to hear, then that friendship is not a deep one. You got some lazy friends. You got some lazy family members. I'm just waiting to hear from God. Well, maybe God's already talking to you. What do your parents think about this? Well, I'm waiting to hear from God. That's why he gave you parents. They are the first direct line that you should go to to hear God's will. And so often, that's the last place we go. What do all your friends think about this situation? What, do all, what are all your coworkers telling you? Because that could be from God. Even if it's not what you want to hear. And now, when you hear them saying this, and you still ignore them, you're accountable. Because you're ignoring those closest to you, but you're also ignoring the voice of God. Paul tells Peter in 13 and 14, Peter, you're being a hypocrite. You're a Jewish man. And yet, you no longer believe that you have to live like a Jew because of who Jesus is and what he's done. So if you know that, why do you support the Judaizers who are trying to make the Gentiles be Jewish? If you're a Jew and you know you don't have to be Jewish, why are you telling non-Jews that they have to be Jewish? You're being a hypocrite. And by the way, in verse 12, he says these men are from James. How could James be so wrong? The guy wrote the book of James. How could he be so wrong about this? These guys very well may have been followers of James, fans of James. But the thing about fans is they're crazy. James even says to the Galatian church in Acts, if you're taking notes, Acts 15, 24, James directly addresses these fools. He says, since we have heard that some people, the Judaizers, have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no such instructions to do this. James says, this message was not from us. These are crazy fanatics. Don't listen to them. Your faith in Jesus Christ is the most important thing. That's what, that's what Paul is trying to get through to the Galatians. Don't listen to these guys who say, it's faith in Jesus plus becoming a Jew. That's not the case. Jesus has come to break through these barriers so that everyone has access to him through faith. And when we treat people unfairly, we are preaching a gospel to them. We're preaching a gospel that says it's okay to look down our nose at people. We're preaching a gospel that says it's okay to ignore the needs of certain people. Paul is telling Peter, the way you're treating these Gentiles will directly impact how they hear the gospel. He says, the gospel. But when I heard that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, your love for Jesus will offend people. It will change how you act. This is one reason we must make sure we're being honest to each other. Paul and Peter talked it out. Speaking openly to each other. Loving each other enough in these crazy times and, and willing to have honest conversations. That's putting your pride aside. That's getting out of the way so that Jesus can shine. And when we do that, he's glorified. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the chance to go 
through your word today. I ask, Lord, that you would give us courage to get out of the way, to apologize when we're wrong, to take a deep look at ourselves. I pray that you would put people in our lives who will be honest with us when we are wrong. So many people don't have that or they won't listen. Lord Jesus, in your grace, make us listen to other people who, who correct us when we're wrong. It's the only way we'll grow. It's the only way we can fix things. I, I thank you, Lord, that you broke down walls dividing Jew and Gentile, that you have made a way for everyone. Would you shine brightly? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.